0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Race Nerd Podcast right here on CKCC Radio. I'm your host, Matt Hardman, and we're trying this episode again because I had recorded it last night, early this morning. as It is now Thursday morning, um, and it uh, cut out halfway through the recording and I did not realize it. So we're going to be doing a lot in a short amount of time so uh, I'm going to forego our usual all the plugs for the plethora of programming that CKCC radio has and uh, cutting out the Pop Quiznos so if you were looking for a Pop Quiznos this week a little bit of racing trivia uh, unfortunately I won't have that. Uh, We got two weeks worth of racing and we got a lot of news to cover, including a big bombshell that was dropped uh, within the past week uh, involving Brad Keselowski. Uh, So let's get right to it. Um, We've had two weeks worth of NASCAR and we have IndyCar in Indianapolis. Uh, So let's start with um, two weeks ago at Darlington. Uh, where we had Martin Truex dominate the cup race on Throwback Weekend. And in the Xfinity Series, we had Justin Allgaier beating out uh, teammate Josh Berry, who we'll talk a little bit about in a second. Um, In the Xfinity race and in the trucks, we had Sheldon Creed uh, win there. We move on to Dover, which would see... Austin Sindrick pick up his third win of the season, and Alex Bowman becoming the only other driver besides Truex to have multiple wins in this year's Cup Series season, picking up his second win and leading Hendrick Motorsports to a uh, a route, basically. Um, All four Hendrick cars would finish in the top four, uh, and doing in with doing that, it actually gave Hendrick Motorsports something that they have not, that has not been done in NASCAR since around two thousand five, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. Um, by getting all four cars in the top four, uh, so so that's a pretty astounding fact. Um, we also have, you know. Josh Berry, who coming off that runner-up finish at um, Darlington, along with his win earlier in the year at Martinsville, uh, jumped up and made his first official Cup Series start this past Sunday at Dover, uh, filling in for uh, Justin Haley, uh, as Haley was out due to COVID protocols, Um, and with that, Haley was out of the 77 ride for Spire Motorsports on the Cup side, being replaced by Barry, as I said, and on the Xfinity side, uh, young Zane Smith, um, truck series driver for Gallagher Motorsports at GMS Racing. Uh, would fill in for him in his regular ride, the number 11 uh, Leaf Filter Chevy for Calig Racing. Uh, So, we have all that. Um, NASCAR is running at Circuit of the Americas, uh, making their debut there this coming weekend uh, in what's going to be an interesting show, a very unique show. Um, And uh, you're going to see some old faces in somewhat familiar places with uh, Kevin Harvick and Tyler Reddick running the um, Xfinity race uh, Harvick driving for BJ McLeod Motorsports' number five car um, which I have a feeling it will be BJ McLeod's at points but basically a um, a team cart to Riley Herbst uh, as it would be prepared at the um, at the uh, Stuart Haas racing shop. Um, Haley, uh, not Haley, um, Reddick will be running uh, the number 31 Chevy Camaro for uh, Jordan Anderson racing um, and this will be the first race that Anderson Uh, 31 Xfinity card will make um, given the fact that uh, Tyler Reddick does have a um, a champion's provisional fallback on uh, which pretty much asserts him into the show uh, with that so there's that uh, another famous face that will be returning to the Xfinity series is the one and only Boris Sedd the 58-year-old road racer and former marketing uh, manager for the No Fear apparel brand uh, will mark his return to NASCAR for the first time in about four or five years. Uh, many heads remember him as almost winning the 2006 Pepsi 400 at Daytona in his own equipment, only to be beat out within the last couple of laps. Um, accomplished Road Racer, former truck series driver. Um, and has run in all three NASCAR series, uh, winning in uh, the Xfinity series. And I believe he did win in trucks. I don't remember. Um, but it, it's good to see him back. I know he's had a quite a following throughout the years. Um, then we move on to Indy. Uh, as the Indy cars are preparing for the Indianapolis 500 a uh, 36 car field um, but before that they would uh, conquer the road course at Indianapolis which would see quite a unique race uh, with former F1 driver uh, Ramon Grosjean um, picking up the pole for um, the Dale Coyne-Rick Ware team Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar, Rick Ware is a NASCAR team owner. And his cars normally don't sniff the pole position at all. Um, So this was a a good story. uh, Not just for Rick Ware, but for Grosjean, who uh, suffered um, some serious injuries in an F1 race last year. Um, Man is lucky to be alive. Uh, Not just alive, but... He's alive and competing in IndyCar and winning a pole. Uh, but, alas, his weekend would not be as exciting as it would for Renus VK, who would be driving for uh, hometown boy Ed Carpenter and Ed Carpenter Racing, picking up the win. That would be VK's first win. Uh, Gross Gene would finish in the top five Um in that race, while leading early on. Um, It was a very unique race. Uh, You didn't see the usual suspects up front, any of the Andretti drivers, or um, Scott Dixon, and Ganassi Racing, and um, any of the Penske cars. Um, So, we have all that. Like I said, there's going to be I expect all three of these teams to be competitive once they get to the two-and-a-half-mile oval at Indianapolis. Uh, So, we got all that. Um, We do have a lot of news to dive into. Um, First and foremost, uh, Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina... Has allotted $3 million um, to upgrades and uh, safety and whatnot uh, to three tracks in North Carolina. Uh, the first um, being Charlotte Motor Speedway, obviously, and um, the second being Rockingham. And finally uh, the last one being North Wilkesboro which the groundswell for the this track reopening is amazing Um, this ten million dollars will go a long way towards helping um, really get it kick-started with moving along with the um, Million dollars that Marcus Lamonis of Camping World has pledged to help get the track restarted, and this will do such a huge thing for the community. I know the community is very much behind reopening North Wilkesboro, so um, there the door was never really closed, according basically according to um, Marcus Smith, um, the head of uh, SMI, which owns. Uh, North Wilkesboro, along with many other tracks around the country, like Charlotte and uh, um, Atlanta and Texas. And we'll talk about Texas in a second. Um, So with this, it's, it's really great news for those people who are waiting for North Wilkesboro to return. I know it's not going to be... Anytime soon, but it is there and it is seriously in progress. Um, another track in the news is Nashville Motor Speedway, um, well, Nashville Fairground Speedway. I, let me let me rephrase that: Nashville Fairgrounds as they've had their first public hearing on whether you know to the fairgrounds board should accept the contract from SMI um, to bring NASCAR to the fairgrounds um a track that uh, that the cup series has not raced on since 1984 um the track which is one of the oldest uh continuously running tracks in the country uh sees um weekly and um Major late model races, but it's not really seen the upper echelon in NASCAR in many a year. Uh, so, for this to go through, you know, a lot of details are still being worked out. Um, the mayor of Nashville is behind this, um, most of the fairgrounds board are behind this, um, other than maybe one member. Um, and I'm not gonna give his name out because I'm sure he already gets enough hate. It's already uh, his name is already out there um, on other various sources of media. Um, so I'm not gonna shit on him on here. Let let other people call out for what he is. Um, but anyway, um, they have until July 30th, if I remember correctly, to have everything signed or a tentative agreement, not so much everything signed, but um, to have a tentative agreement or either side, whether it's the fairgrounds or SMI, uh, can walk away from the deal. And I know that is a huge deal that both sides want to make. It's just um, getting down to the bare bones of the contract. Um, Another SMI track, which is in the news, is Texas Motor Speedway, uh, which Their president Eddie Gossage has announced that after uh, the Circuit of the Americas, well, after the All Star Race, excuse me, after the All Star Race, which is held in Texas this year, uh, he will be stepping down from his position as president. Uh, Gossage is one of the more well-known track promoters uh, throughout motor racing, Um, and this is kind of a, a it's kind of a sticky situation. Um, because while the NASCAR races haven't been as good, um, they've been well received by fans, um, not so much the fans on TV, but the fa- you know, the fans who are there for the experience, uh, but, uh, there's worries that, um, IndyCar, with a new um, with a new track president would not be able to either accommodate the series um, with another race date or would not be able to do double headers like they did this year uh, and it would be a real shame if Texas moves off the circuit because up until this year they put on really good shows um, but with their uh, the PJ1 um, track compound, which they put down for the NASCAR uh, race earlier, Um, and also again for the All-Star race we'll be putting down, Um, really did not leave IndyCar with a good showing either weekend. Uh, So, hopefully, we'll we'll have some um, good news about Texas Motor Speedway Uh, with a new president uh, very soon. Um, Moving on, we got the Elephant in the Room, uh, which came out almost a week ago now. And that is the rumor that Brad Keselowski would be leaving uh, the number two uh, Ford Mustang for Team Penske uh, to move over to Roush Fenway Racing in a driver-owner role. Um, That's right. Uh, Keselowski would move over to Roush Fenway and the team would be renamed Roush Fenway Keselowski, RFK, like uh, the stadium or uh, the former presidential candidate um, that he would take on that role. And nothing has... it's been very tight-lipped, um, both Keslowski and Roush Fenway along with Team Penske have been very um, coy about it, um, besides just the traditional no comment. Um, and a lot of reports are saying that this is already a done deal, unfortunately it can't be announced till later on in the season. Um, due to contractual obligations uh, Keselowski has with the team and with his sponsors. Uh, This is one of those silly season rumors which will really kick everything off um, because there's a lot of moving parts that would happen with this deal. Um, Basically, if Keselowski does move from the two-car to Roush Fenway, um, where would he fit in over there? Would he fit in in the 17 car, which is currently driven by Chris Buescher, the six car um, currently driven by um, former Daytona 500 winner Ryan Newman, or would he go to a third car? Um, and on the Penske side, with if he does leave, where does that leave the uh, the two car? Um, do we see Matt Di Benedetto moving to that ride, um, with him being out of there at the end of the season for Austin Sindrick, or would Austin Sindrick move to that ride, uh, bypassing the Wood Brothers, moving straight to uh, the Penske number two, and leaving the possibility of Di Benedetto to stay with the team that he has been with for two years now um, or do we see a third option which could be a driver that nobody's really talked about moving to that ride my thoughts are at least on the Penske side it the water is a little clearer on this issue Or at least in my head it is. Uh, If Keslowski does leave, it would make more sense moving Austin Sindrick, who is already groomed for a ride with Team Penske. Um, You know, especially with the fact that um, the the head of racing uh, for uh, Roger Penske's multi. Pronged motorsports effort. Tim Sindrick uh, is Austin's father. It would make sense, you know, and the kid has proven his chops to move to the two car, completely bypassing the Wood Brothers. And with that, it would leave the opportunity for Matt DiBenedetto, who um, a lot of people in the Ford camp, along with Penske and the Wood Brothers are very high up on would leave him in that ride and give him the ability to really grow um, with that team. I know last year, in 2020, he was able to make his first NASCAR playoff appearance. And I think that given time to grow, he will not only do that again um, for many years, but also, he'll be able to not only compete for race wins, but will actually uh, nail down race wins. And the same with Sindrick, um, I think he'll be in a good place. He'll have uh, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney as teammates, and it'll be easier to share notes. Uh, a lot easier than it would be uh, to share notes with a completely other team like the Wood Brothers, uh, which in this situation is more like a satellite team for team Penske um, and I think that uh, that um, that uh, as I was saying I lost track of what I was saying. Anyway, um, I think it would make more sense doing it that way instead of farming Sindric out. Um, but it may not always go that way. You know, contra- um, contractual obligations and whatnot would have to, you know, could impede this issue. Um, on the Roush Fenway side, uh, this is where it gets really interesting. Uh, as Roush Fenway, a team which at one point had five full-time NASCAR Cup teams, uh, had been bumped down to two in recent years due to sponsorship and whatnot. Um, and they've competed with, um, Chris Buescher the last couple of years, along with Ryan Newman. Newman in the famed number six, which, um, is the flagship car for, um, Roush Fenway, um, and it was announced just the other day that um, Busher's sponsor, uh, Fastenal, will be returning to the 17 car. Uh, and it's pretty much a given that Busher will be in that car. Although, you know, I don't believe anything is signed yet. I don't believe it's been official that he will be in that car. So, it pretty much leaves um, the option of a third uh a third, um, Fenway car, a Roush Fenway car, or Newman being relieved of that ride. Um, and I think at this point, especially with Newman's age and how long he's been in the Cup Series, I don't foresee him being in that ride in 2022, which is a shame. Um, he's been in, in the Cup Series, he made his debut in, in 2000. Um, in for Roger Penske in the ArCA series and would run some um, Xfinity races would make his cup debut the next year um, and would be one of the very few drivers to actually still be on track currently and would have competed against the late Dale Earnhardt uh, so uh, for Newman I see his career kind of winding down I while he's He's had some decent runs. He ran um, in the top ten at Darlington. Um, and ran well at Dover. I think that uh, he um, he his career is not where it was at when he ran for um, uh, Penske or uh, Stuart Haas. Or even running for... Um, Richard Childress, all three of those teams he has, um, he has won races for, um, but has been in, in the zero column uh, running for Roush Fenway, a team that could really use that. Um, in the next question, and I think it's a question that had been on everybody's minds, um, with Roush, is the reason why he going go into Roush Fenway the chance of ownership? Uh, while it is known that uh, Keselowski has run his own truck team for many years, he um, he has uh, you know expressed interest into running a team um, in the Cup Series at some point, being an owner, and this gets his foot in the door. You know, being a partial owner, especially with. Um, The the racing knowledge and all that Jack Roush has and everything that he has accomplished. Uh, And the capital uh, being put up by John Henry in the Fenway Group. Uh, So I think that this is a really good move on that part. Not so much on the performance as um, Roush has taken a, I don't want to say a downturn, but they have been pretty stagnant when it comes to the competition. Um, over the past few years. Um, Them, along with Richard Childress Racing, uh, they used to be the dominant teams of the 90s uh, and early 2000s, and even, you know, up until 10 years ago. Um, But teams like Stuart Haas and Gibbs and um, others have kind of, kind of like, Bypassed them, left them in the dust. Um, now they're kind of like one of those uh, middle of the road teams. They're not bad, but they're not a hundred percent good. So, anyway, you uh, have all that. Uh, but all in all, um, Brad Keselowski, like I said, he you know the the chance of ownership, especially with a group like. Um, Roush Fenway may be too good a deal to walk away from. And that will kind of set up all the dominoes. uh, Not just for those two teams, uh, but for a lot of teams and drivers. Because there still are rumors that uh, 2311 uh, Racing will be back in 2022 with two teams. uh, Compared to just the singular car that they're running with Bubba Wallace. And the nagging, persistent rumor that Junior Motorsports uh, will move up to the Cup Series in 2022 is still out there. So, you never know. Um, there, there's going to be more, more teams than there are spots in the field. And with the way it's been the past um, couple of seasons, uh, we could certainly use some more teams coming into NASCAR. And, and I would certainly like that. Um, with that, you're going to get more drivers. And hopefully we'll get a good crop of drivers coming in. Uh, so, I'm not opposed to any of these moves. Um, it's just going to be weird. Um, because the entire history of the two-car, there have only been three drivers of it. Um, obviously, Rusty Wallace. Uh, who was there when uh, Team Penske formed their NASCAR operation in 2001? Uh, all the way to his retirement in uh, 1991. I apologize. Uh, to his retirement in 2005. Then from there, it was Kurt Busch till 2010. And from 2011 on, we've had Brad Kislowski um, in that ride. And Kislowski was the uh, first driver to give Penske, the Penske operation, its first cup title, uh, something that Wallace and Bush were not able to do, uh, so, this is, it's going to be a big move, I, I haven't seen a move this big in a while since, um, it was announced that, uh, Kevin Harvick would be leaving, um, Richard Childress Racing after about 12, 13 years, um, to move to Stuart Haas, and obviously that worked out pretty well with Harvick winning the title with his first, the first year with his new team, so, uh, you never know, um, you know, what can happen with these deals, but anyway, um, the show is not as long as I thought it would be um, given you know, everything to talk about Um, anyway I had done, before I go if you are a patron and um, you liked the Darlington throwback episode on Patreon give me me your thoughts, I want to hear what paint schemes you really liked, um, which ones you didn't, um, because if you listen to it, I gave you my thoughts, Um, I do have, you know, I finally just got my uh, Chase Briscoe Darlington throwback shirt in the mail the other day, proudly wore it, and um, I think that this was a really good season, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with next year. Uh, so so, hit me up with your thoughts. Um, if you're not a patron, it's a it's a five dollars to start, and there's different tiers. Um, and there's shows every week, shows like this and like um, VIP Russell Talk, um, hosted by the Club KFAB uh, Creative Community founders Chris O'Mealy and Dan Pack. Um, along with a couple of other shows, um, done by various uh, podcasters on the CKCC radio network, uh, so it's certainly worth it. Like I said, five bucks. The only thing you can really get streaming for five bucks a month is Peacock, and you have to deal with commercials. There's no commercials with with our programs, so uh, you know you know the money's going straight to the network, um, and you're getting your fill for it. So, anyway, I did that commercial for our Patreon service, which has no commercials. Um, we got, like I said, we got, um, Cirque of the Americas to talk about next week, um, along with Indy qualifying, you know, do the Penske's and Andretti's and uh, Ganassi teams show up, um, Do we see more surprises like we saw in the, um, in the AMR Grand Prix, um, of Indy? You know, what, what do we have to expect? Um, also, you know, next week's special topic is on Jimmy Johnson and his IndyCar, uh, career. You know, we're only halfway through the IndyCar season. Is it enough to, uh, enough to kind of say, hey, time to shut it down? Or, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't write Jimmy off yet. But we'll have that discussion for next week, along with the Pop Quiznos and whatnot. Um, and I'm still working on some other fun segments to the show. Maybe they'll show up on here, or maybe there'll be special episodes on the Patreon show. So, until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and this is the Race Nerd Podcast, and I will see you, finally, at the track. Good night. Good morning. Good something.